Welcome to the Tallison Insights Podcast, conversations designed to help families build on their success and leave a more meaningful legacy. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, and today I'm joined by Tallison's president, Richard Joyner. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks. And I'm delighted to be here today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a conversation today. We're going to talk about leadership development, but with a twist. Uh, You want to talk about that twist real quick? Yeah, so this is a conversation that that has really been an interesting one to me. I am uh, the president of Tolleson Wealth Management, and as such, I'm the president of a family business. And it struck me me when I took on this role that there was a lot of conversation out there about leadership in general but very, very little about family leadership. And so that's really the twist for me is I want to talk about leadership development in a family. And I think it's just, I think it's a fascinating topic. And I think it's something that's really, really important uh, that we give some airtime to. Yeah. I mean, because if you were to go out to Amazon right now and just type in leadership, you're going to see thousands of books, right? And even if you went out to uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, type in leadership, there's thousands of leadership podcasts out there. But where, I mean, that idea of family leadership, you're right. When you said it, when we were planning for this episode, I was like, that's amazing. Why has nobody talked about that? And so where did even this idea come from? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to me that if you look at a big company, you look at a publicly traded company like an Amazon, the concept of developing leaders for the future seems to be really natural, yeah. seems to be ingrained. And as you said, there's tons of material about it. If you look at a family-owned business, even some of the, even a lot of the family-owned businesses, I'd say, spend time talking about how they develop the next generation of leaders. So there are two things about that that I want to focus on. Number one, I think in the family business setting, I think lots of families overlook the fact that they have a ready-made pipeline mm-hmm. of talent. Mm-hmm. So if you're the first-generation family business and you've amassed a huge amount of success— you can pick a succession. You have a whole bunch of choices to make from a leadership perspective. You can choose a family member. You can choose a married-in family member. You can choose somebody that's working from within the business already mm-hmm. or somebody that's completely outside. What often happens to me, it's so natural and intuitive to talk about this sort of leadership development concept in a big company. I think in, in family businesses, sometimes they miss the variety, the number of people that they have available. And you and I both know that for a family member or a married-in family member to actually become a business leader, there's a path that it takes to get there. I know in my case, it took a lot of work. When I I stepped into the role that I'm in, I was not in the category of what you would call a natural-born leader. And I think a lot of people assume that that it is a born characteristic. It's instinctive. But I don't think it is. And I think there's all kinds of research that would suggest that. So... Back, to the, back to, the, to the idea, in a family-owned business, making sure that you're identifying family members, married-in family members, in addition to other people, and that you're giving them a chance to develop the leadership skills and the experience needed for the family business or the next phase of this conversation, which for me is what, what we refer to as the family enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to know with your own journey, just real quick, like what uh, you said, maybe not a the category of a natural born leader. So where, what category would you have put yourself in? Well, I think it's, I think I would describe myself as a plotter. <laughs> I, I work hard. I, I read a lot. I study a lot. And so, uh, you know, when I started this journey, it was really uh, tough for me. I didn't know exactly where I needed to focus my time. I had a lot of business experience. I had progressively more responsible roles, but I had never been in charge of 
being the person that really set the vision for the organization, inspired people to follow, um, worked across a larger organization of people. My teams were always, you know, five or 10 people. And so I was really, I really stumbled. I didn't know what to do. Um, once I realized that, which is probably the first step, I began to, to soak in everything I could find. I listened to podcasts. I read every book I could read. I talked to people. I asked people for help who were in a position that they knew enough about the process. And I think it's hard work. It really is. I think yeah. it's hard work and really having the desire uh, to be a leader. Um, that really that makes the difference. I know that's what made the difference for me. Absolutely, there were probably easier paths than the one I took. <laughs> yeah, if you could have just been born that natural leader, right? Well, yeah, but well, I agree with you too that I don't think it is this gift because if if leadership was just this gift, there would not be all the books, right? Because it'd just be exactly. like you either have the gift or you don't. Good luck if you don't. But no, it is. I really do like to think about it as a skill, and uh, you know, in organizational life, a lot of times leaders leadership is a reward. For, for being a great uh, worker, right? For, exactly. per, for performing, it usually is a reward. and uh, But it's more than that. Once you get in there, it's a responsibility. And it's it's, a, a, it's yeah. a whole different set of skills. And uh, it's, it's absolutely, I mean, I think it's the most fun thing that I've ever done. Mm. But, but you start with the notion that most people, are, most people probably are not born as leaders. Yeah. And so I think it's important to, to really think about what that means in a family setting. So... If you focus on family business, I think the mistake sometimes that we make is that we focus on the leader, hmm. the CEO, the person, the, first, the person that started the business, whatever it is. And we lose the fact that there are a lot of roles that develop leadership skills. And so I think that's, that is really an important concept to focus on. But I think in a, big, in a big family that has had some success over time, there are lots of other opportunities to develop leadership. They don't all need to be the CEO right. of the business. Right. And I would also say that the CEO of the business is not likely to fulfill some of these other roles. Yep. So I talk about the family enterprise. What's yeah. the family enterprise? The family enterprise in a, in a large, successful family really is everything except the family business. Mm. So often uh, the, the best examples of that kind of thing would be that a family often oper owns or operates or has created a family philanthropic foundation. Yep. So there are all kinds of roles in a family foundation, for example, that require leadership yeah. and might inspire someone that it, that's not inspired to go out and learn the business. Yeah. Likewise, there can be things like family partnerships or family trusts that require some leadership from somebody in the family. Yeah. And so all, it, they all occur along a, a continuum. Some of them are really complex and time-consuming. Some of them not nearly as much. But they're all important because they give, some, they give family members the ability to experience hmm. what leadership is like and to learn and try it yep. and see if it's something they really want and to do. And you have a good story of with uh, the philanthropic side, right, where uh, one of your friends, they got a family member involved, and that, that family member really blossomed, right, and really came to understand and really tapped into some motivation, and, and it's a really great success story. Yeah, the father in this case, was a very, very successful businessman, uh, had really done some incredible things. And, and one of his daughters just didn't show any interest in the business, mm. which is not that unusual. Yeah. You're kind of in dad's shadow, and yeah. it's something that I'm not really inclined to do. Um, the really cool thing about this situation was that the dad was wise enough 
to create an opportunity for his daughter to do something different within the family. And so when the family geared up its philanthropic efforts, I started doing some fairly significant philanthropy. He asked several people to bring his daughter along on that journey and to help guide her so that she could become an integral part of the family's philanthropic efforts. And it was absolutely amazing to watch, to see this young woman all of a sudden find something that inspired her, something that motivated her to go out and learn more about the process of evaluating charities or setting a budget or, or working in a, in a, on a, through a board meeting, organizing and leading a board meeting, making decisions together as a family. And it was like she blossomed. And the dad was absolutely amazed and I think continues to this day to be amazed at how that particular decision has impacted her and, and almost by definition the rest of the family. The whole family has benefited from what this one person did because dad helped create the opportunity and the daughter saw it and took the, took advantage of yeah. it. Yeah, and it's exactly what you just said. It's finding, it doesn't have to be within the family business, right? This is looking at a derivative organization or another thing to do and giving somebody in the family an opportunity to lead. If we were going to use, again, like a leadership principle there, it's delegation, right? So delegation is a great leadership development strategy. That's how you and I learned how to be leaders is you get the responsibility to go try something. And so giving them an opportunity to try with some of these smaller things can really develop leaders. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great point. It's a delegation. And I would say if you take it one step further, if the family is really interested in creating leaders among the family group, it's also about creating structures and opportunities. Because by creating a foundation, by looking for an opportunity within a trust or some other type of family organization, by creating the opportunities that are different, with different le- skills required and, and different levels of time involvement, I think if you do that consciously, um, the likelihood that you will develop successful family leaders that then can go on to do bigger and better things within the family is amazing. Yeah, it really is a great opportunity to do that. So, you know, you you shared some of this. I think it was at a uh, uh, was it at a conference where it you was. talked about this. So, talk to me a little bit about some of the reactions you got from people listening. Like, what were some of the questions that they asked you? You know, it was interesting um, when I finished when I finished the conversation. Um, I always watched the audience. Of course, this was one of the great. It was it was one of the first live events that I'd been to in a while, and to be able to speak at something like that, you could just tell everybody the energy in the room was great because everybody was so happy to be together. But it but it was interesting because in the world of family business and family and and multi generational families, the the topic of conversation is often about governance, and so. I said, governance, this is a great thing. Families need governance. They need to be able to work together to make decisions. They need to be able to have difficult conversations. But the question that seemed to to really get everybody's attention is the question, can you really have good governance without good leadership? I mean, what does a leader do? Sets the direction, sets the vision, inspires and motivates people, makes other people better. That's not a governance process, and that really dominates a lot of the family wealth conversations that you hear today. And so for me, this is sort of taking that next step, and that's, that was the reaction I got. I was, it was a reaction that almost people had almost puzzled looks on their face because there is so much conversation about governance and not as about leadership. But it's like you and I were talking about when we were preparing for this. 
the leadership, all the leadership stuff that's out there, the ideas, the, the books, the courses, all of those can be used in service of creating family leaders. So the process is different. The reaction I got was simply, I think a lot of people just hadn't, hadn't thought about family de- leadership development as a separate process or as a separate discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is. It's just the, the principles are so transferable. I mean, you really could go pick up, uh, let's just take some of the big classic leadership books out there, maybe the Leadership Challenge or 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. A lot of those principles will apply to the family unit. Now, it is a little weird, maybe, um, to, you know, you want to think about the family with some of the emotional words. It's it's love and it's a we're a unit and there's a relationship. So it is a little weird to think about it as an entity that needs leadership. But if you can fight through that awkwardness, it can be really helpful. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's, that's the one thing that's a little bit different in the leadership development process is that if a family member decides not to become a leader or ultimately is not a successful leader, they're still part of the family. Yeah, they don't get fired. And so you, you have to have a little bit different thought process in that sense. But as you say, otherwise the principles are really mm-hmm. all the same. Yeah. So um, what would be some reasons, and I know we've touched on a few of them, that uh, maybe a family leader right now or a wealth creator would be a little hesitant to try to develop leaders within the family? Can you think of any barriers that would maybe be be holding somebody back right now? Sure. Um, I think just the fact that it's not something that a lot of families are doing actively. So, uh, you, again, you see a family get to a point and you see them create things like family councils and family assemblies. And, again, focus is on governance. Um, some, fa- some family leaders, particularly if it's a first-generation leader who created everything, there's always the reluctance to let go. Um, I think a lot of times you'll also in- encounter situations where families don't think about the development process as a discipline that requires time and energy. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that's going to take years. And so if a family identifies the need, they're still years away from getting the result. And so I think part of the reluctance is the effort it takes, the letting go. Um, Some of it is simply understanding that that the process and the principles need to be applied. So a family member needs to go through some amount of leadership training, whatever that looks like. Probably needs to do some sort of personality assessment. Lots of great tools out there for that. Um, Get coaching. Get a good executive coach that can help guide you in that process. And then get some experience. Work on a board, even if it's a charitable board or something. Um, Getting those experiences. I think all of those things can become obstacles, but it's just like anything else. It requires the time. It requires commitment it requires energy and effort. Yeah, it really does. But I like what you're saying there because, again, if this was, uh, if you and I were two HR professionals talking about best practices for hiring, we would say, hey, some of these personality tools are helpful. Uh, you know, some of these courses are helpful. Some of these podcasts are helpful or these books, whatever it is, uh, just all of those little things add up when you can combine it with real experience. Yeah. So it's not, it's like taking it out of the classroom and, and putting it into real experience. So as you talked about, some of those structures are helpful too. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. I'm, I think you'll share this view. Post pandemic leadership looks different. <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think anybody would disagree, but you know, to me, that's, that's an even be- bigger reason to go down this path. Um, if you've got family members that can c- become good leaders within your family, the impact that they can have is amazing. The family member becomes the, becomes the standard bearer for the family values. 
they become the source of inspiration for other family members. Um, who among us would say that there's, we don't need more values alignment, inspiration in leadership generally, but particularly in a family, a successful leader uh, who is able to, to, to actually take the leap and go to there can have a huge impact on, over the long term of a family like this. I mean, it changes their trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. It, it really is. And it's, uh, I mean, that could be the fascinating conversation if we just think about some of the generational differences and the way that generations think differently about leadership. So if, if there's somebody listening right now that would be more in the baby boomer generation and you've got some Gen Z in your family, you want a fascinating conversation. Just ask them, how do you think about leadership? Because uh, the, the Gen Z young emerging leaders that I'm working with uh, are think very differently, right? And that can cause some alarm sometimes because it's like, whoa, 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 that's very different. I think in the end, we're all getting to the same place. They just have a few different methods and ways that they would want to get there. But just even introducing a leadership conversation and how we think about leadership and are there different styles, that can be a great first step with a lot of this, right? Just to, can, just to start those conversations. It can. So what do you tell somebody in that, in, in, as they go into a conversation like that? Uh, to me, it's very pragmatic. I mean, you know, I've been at this for a long, long time, and we hire a lot of people right out of school. Um, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the formula is more complicated. I just think it's, it's different. It really and is. And so it's yeah. a matter of talking to the people who you're actually, you're actually engaging with as a leader, and asking questions, and then being willing to listen to the answers. Because I think this younger generation, particularly the ones who have now come through the pandemic. They, they want a purpose. They want a purpose for their work. They want to feel like they are able to make a contribution. They want to feel like they have ownership. I don't think any of those things is wrong at all. I think they're all great things. But it probably requires some adaptation in the way most leaders that have been doing it for a while and I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's actually an opportunity for somebody who's willing to do it. Yeah, it really is. Because I mean, even just like uh, if if we grew up, so to speak, as a leader in more of a almost a style that was hierarchical, almost like from the military, you know, that was there's a commander and then there's people under and it's just very much chain of command. If that was what we're used to, and you ask a leader that grew up under that structure, how do you motivate somebody? It's like, well, it's clear objectives, and you just tell them, and you just get out there. Now you ask a Gen Z, how do you motivate somebody? And you're going to hear words like empathy and purpose and uh, connection and relationship. Listen, as leaders, you got to motivate people, and you've got to understand where you have control and where you don't. And so it's just, we just got to be learners, right? We've got to understand who we're dealing with and what motivates them, and it can be very different. My experience started in the 80s, and when we started, when I started in the 80s in my career, you just didn't ask questions. If you were asked to do something, you just did it pretty much and went with it. And and it's changed a lot over the years, but I think in many ways it's changed for the good. Um, I think I think motivating people by giving them a common purpose and allowing them to see the impact of their work, um, there's n- there's no downside to that in my mind. And as an employer and a leader within an organization, uh, particularly the kind of organization like ours in which we're working with families, um, I don't. We try not to miss an opportunity to tell stories to people in our organization about the impact of the families of the work they're doing for the families they serve. Because I think that connection is amazingly powerful. And so if it's, if it's a family who's doing the same thing and trying to create leaders within the family, connecting the work 
to the long-term purpose and the values of that family, I just think it's it create it's such a powerful force and such a positive force. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's wrap up. Just a couple other questions here about maybe uh, some people that are listening. So somebody that's listening right now, going Richard Adam, I get it leadership in the family, but listen, uh, gentlemen, you don't know my family, right? <laughs> yeah, there are no, uh, maybe some, some, I don't see many leaders in my family. Uh, so we're saying that a little bit tongue in cheek, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that's a little, a little hesitant as they think about that. What would you say to that person? So, um, I'm sure those families are out there. Yeah. Uh, I know some of them. <laughs> and I, I think I would say a couple of things. One, look for, look for the opportunity uh, if it's within your family and you see something that's not being done that needs to be done, uh, fill the gap. That's a leadership opportunity. I think it's uh, also an opportunity to go out and look other places, find mentors, find coaches, um, find people that can help you um, attack a problem, if you will. If, you, if the opportunity is there, how do you go about it? How do you convince someone to let you lead or to take a chance on you? And And so I think there are always ways that you can Take the opportunity, even if you need to do something completely outside of the family for a period. Serve on a charitable board. Um, find some find some job that gives you the kind of experience that you're looking for. I think there are always ways that you can get there uh, if you just make that effort. And every step that you take is going to be a step forward as long as you approach it with that growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Just looking for those opportunities, creating your own opportunities. I mean, that's what leadership really is. That's the difference between a leader and a non-leader is initiative. Uh, the, the leader sees something and they just take initiative and the non-leaders just sit there and wait to be told. And so you can do that regardless of where, you know, where you are in the family, uh, age hierarchy, where you are in an organization, there's, there's opportunities, uh, all around. So, um, if you were going to just tell a family or encourage a family, all right, here's just at the very least do this to start thinking about family leadership? What would be that one thing that they could do to start thinking about this? Learn more. I think, you know, uh, curiosity for me is such a powerful force. And of course, there's, there's lots of ways you can learn more. Look for great examples or somebody that's done something that you admire. Uh, find somebody that inspires you. And use that, use that to create the opportunity and the motivation to I get like better. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. Any final comments? No. All right. I think that it was a great conversation. It was, it was fabulous. Yeah, that's good. Well, thanks so much, Richard. Always great to be with you. Thanks, Adam. Thank you so much for listening to the Tolleson Insights Podcast. And as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on today's episode do not necessarily reflect the views of Tolleson Wealth Management. The information Richard and I discussed today was for informational purposes only. This was not a solicitation or an offer to buy a security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. As always, you should consult your professional advisors before making any tax, legal, financial planning, or investment decisions. That's all for today's episode. We'll talk to you again next time.